Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. The only thing uh, that I can say that remains consistent is the consistency and the routine. I pretty much am going to swim in the pool five days a week and usually one day open water. And I'm going to do that pretty much every week unless I'm on vacation or I am sick or whatever. And that's been going on now for 35 years. So I guess you'd have to say that I've established a pretty good base there. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And today with me is Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Doing great. Maria, before we get started and tell you about our guest, Rick Walker, today, we just want to say hey to Rick. Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. Hey, how are you, ladies? Great, great. So our special guest today is U.S. master swimmer extraordinaire and the founder and coach of one of the largest, most successful teams in U.S. master swimming. That's right. Rick Walker of the Sarasota Sharks. Rick founded the Sarasota Sharks Masters in 2006, and they quickly grew into prominence, um, consistently carrying over 300 swimmers on their roster, which include world record holders, national record holders, all Americans, and many happy sharks that swim just for fun and fitness. The team has earned several Y national championships and placed in the top 10 of all clubs for U.S. Masters National Championships, and the Sharks have also been honored as the U.S. USMS Club of the Year. In 2020, Rick earned the Kerry O'Brien Coaches Award, which is the highest coaching honor in U.S. Master Swimming. But this is just Rick's coaching resume. Maria, what about Rick's resume as a swimmer himself? Well, let's start with just last year. Where in 2021, Rick earned seven FINA world number one rankings and nine USMS All-American honors in the men's 70 to 74 age group. Rick also did the swim around Manhattan in 1999 and won the 3K World Championships of Open Water in Budapest in 2016. Over his career, Rick has earned world records, national records, and has had at least one number one in 17 different seasons since he began his master swimming career in 1985. He's approaching 700 races in his USMS database. So with that kind of experience as a swimmer and a coach, we can't wait to talk to him. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for letting me be here. It's an yes, honor. Yes, it's an honor. So Rick, well, we got to start with the question okay. that you, you told us you started master swimming in 1985, but you don't come up as earning all Americans or honors until 2000. Did it take 15 years or give us a little history on, (laughs) on your, uh, on your swimming? What, where, where did you start and tell us? Like everyone, I started as a youth, very mediocre high school swimmer, a breaststroker. I swam no freestyle events. And then I quit swimming for 17 years. I met a beautiful woman who I ended up marrying named Deb Walker, who was a world record holder as a master swimmer. She got me back in the pool. And so I kind of grabbed hold. And uh, my first challenge was to try to beat her, which eventually I did. (laughs) And then um, 
I was pretty much a breaststroker dabbling in some freestyle events and uh, I went to a new training group. I don't know at what point it was. We were given a lot of uh, distance sets and I never viewed myself or fancied myself as a distance swimmer, but I realized fairly quickly that I was pretty good at this. So things kind of took their course from that point and um, I started entering some long distance events and that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, we in your introduction, we didn't say all those number ones that you got, but most of them were kind of 400, 500,000, 1650. Most of them, though, you did have a number one, 200 breast. So you obviously still have some breaststroke skills. But for the most part, people think of Rick Walker as this person that swims middle distance and distance really well, even though, you know, you, there are some years where you've had number one in the 100, 200, 400, 800 mile and uh, in short course. Uh, I don't know about in short course, but I know I've seen you do that in long course. Mm -hmm. So how um, old were you when you started swimming distance? I probably picked that up somewhere around, I don't know, 45, something like that. I know um, I had my best distance swims when I was 49. Mm -hmm. I mean, those times really good and uh they were the best i ever did that was at nationals and indy so and then when you get to be a little bit older things start kind of going the other way but you're still yeah number ones you're still there's still number ones right i mean all over all, since yeah then. and and a lot of it is relative rick because i know we have a lot of triathletes that listen to the show and to be you know 65 years old and swim you know a sub 20 minute mile is, is incredible. You've done that. And it's, it's like, yes, your 49 year old times were incredibly fast just in, in the realm of the world, but even at, you know, 55, 60, 65 and 70, you're still swimming very fast for, for anyone. And if you ranked it in the world, you know, you'd probably be in the 99th percentile of these times. So when you're, when you are thinking about how have you, can you share with us like how you have stayed at the top of your game, whether your times have gotten, you know, faster or not, how have you just, you know, you've stayed in this elite position of number one through many, many, many age groups. The only thing uh, that I can say that remains consistent is the consistency and the routine. <laughs> I pretty much am going to swim in the pool five days a week and usually one day open water. And I'm going to do that pretty much every week unless I'm on vacation or I am sick or whatever. Uh, and that's been going on now for 35 years. So wow. I guess you'd have to say that I've established a pretty good base there. So um, I don't feel that I'm extremely talented like we see a lot of swimmers out there. Um, so I think it's just got to be the consistency thing. Do you, um, have you had any injuries or, you know, big obstacles in this 35 years that have, have gotten in the way of your swimming? You know, Kelly, I've been, I've been so lucky and fortunate in uh, my health. And I attribute a lot of that probably to swimming, <clears throat> but, um, I've never spent a night in the hospital and I did have a little, uh, bout with melanoma, uh, was in, I think was in 2020. And that was kind of a little bit of a wake up call because growing up in Florida, I don't have to tell you about mm -hmm. skin things. So that knocked me out for six weeks, but I just went walking every day and that kind of thing. And 
I didn't really lose much. It didn't take me a, a month. I was right back where I, where I needed to be. That's been really kind of my only setback. Other than uh, I'm forgetting my shoulder surgery. <laughs> I had in 17. So like a lot of swimmers, I swam for years with a sore shoulder. I actually took a little fall over there in Budapest when we were over there at Worlds and cracked into my shoulder, which kind of put me over the edge and forced me to get in there and have shoulder surgery. And that was a, that was a great move in the long run because ever since I uh, did that and did the rehab, I've been swimming pain-free. So it's made a huge difference. What wow. was that shoulder injury? Was it an impingement or a torn rotator cuff or what yeah, was it? The- you know, I had the usual tears that swimmer hat swimmers have. And, uh, Dr. Cuff, strangely enough, is his name. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Not, he, he's probably done 10 or 12 of my swimmers' uh, rotator cuff things. and He's great. Have they all recovered? Oh, yeah. And his wife swims in my program from time to time. So when I took that fall, like I said, it kind of put me over the edge. It widened that tear or whatever goes on in there. And he says, he says you need to fix this or you could be looking at a shoulder replacement down the road and that will be the end of your swimming career. So that was pretty much a no brainer. Got that done. Glad I did. That's great. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. How do you, yeah, that, that is, it's, and it's one of those things that Maria and I observe about champions that we ask them about obstacles and they just they can't remember they, any of them. They can't remember. And then they're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that time that I was, you know, hit by a truck and I, you know, but, um, so we're coming off of uh, the U.S. National uh, Short Course Spring Nationals, and when, how do you deal with the pressure of being seated number one in multiple events going into an event? How do you? How did? How did? What is your mindset, and how do you deal with that? Well, I was only seated first and number two because in two events because I do swim in the same age group as Mr. Colella. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yes. I hope you guys are going to interview him, by the way. He, we do have him on the, <laughs> on the docket. He has committed to being on the show. That's Rick Colella. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, he's, he's kind of in a class by himself and I'm glad he chooses not to go through the pain of a 1650 or a 500. To answer your question, I get a lot of anxiety before a 1650. And I think Primarily, it is uh, a lot of it is anticipation of pain. I'm sure Kelly, you can relate to that. Because and you Maria, probably, you you know Maria too is our she beats us crazy on distance, Rick. Okay, yeah. well you know it's going to hurt and uh, not going to be real pleasant. And so that uh, that race has its own little own little sphere there. 500, I knew I was in pretty good shape, so I knew I could swim it fairly comfortably, and I did. And that was probably my best race actually was 500. The 1650, quite honestly, hurt like hell, especially early on. Maybe I went out a little too fast, which I shouldn't have done, but I did feel better in the second half. Seems to me when you get over that halfway point, it's all a mental thing, but said, okay, I got this now. I can go ahead and get into more of a groove, get your breathing a little better and that kind of thing. So I hope I answered your question. I have a question. How does your coaching, you know, you're obviously a very talented and inspirational coach. How does that mesh with your, you know, as your identity as a swimmer, you know, you're obviously a very, you know, terrific swimmer and it's an important part of your life, you know, but, but, you know, when did you start coaching? Why did you start coaching? How does that work with your, with your swimmer, with your personal swimming? 
I was in business up until 2002. We sold our business and obviously I needed something to do. So I'm like 52 at this time. So I went down to what we call the Shark Tank, which was built in 2000. And uh, one of the primary coaches down there is a guy I'd known all my life. And uh, I said, hey, Sherwood, I'd like to start a master's program here. What do you think? He said, give me a call tomorrow. Let's talk about it. So we did, it was, you know, there was no, a lot of times people take forever to make a decision. It was done real quick. He goes, yeah, you can get started next week or whatever you want to do. So we started the program down there with three swimmers of which I was one of them. <laughs> and uh, we were swimming at 5.30. And so we a a.m. Yeah, yes. And we'd do our little workout and then I'd go home for the rest of the day. So, you know, my... 7.30, I'm home, got the rest of the day. I don't really have a lot of hobbies other than swimming. Over time, I figured out I figured out there was a lot of uh, moms out there that were getting kids off to school that would probably like to work out. So I put a 7 o'clock group in, and sure enough, some people showed up. And then at some point later, I don't remember how, but I also put a 8.30 group in. So the whole thing kind of happened very organically. I was always a swimmer first and a coach second. Usually when I, when I was getting coached before I started being a coach, it was usually always by USA swimming coaches. So I learned from them. I think that carried over to what I do today. I'm not going to say we swim a workout like USA swimming kids do. Obviously we don't, but I believe in, that all of my swimmers want to work pretty hard and get a hard workout in. We don't, we don't really spend a lot of time doing drills and all that kind of thing that I think is great. But I think in the case of masters, a lot of times it's just an opportunity to go easy. So we go at it pretty good. So as our, as our team grew, I think I always realized that they knew I was going to swim and that that was important to me. And I think in a way that was kind of important to them. So I'm, I'm not ever going to be a coach that is going to be on deck and watch every one of my swimmers, every swim. I'll see a lot of them. I'll, I'll give my advice, but you know, with adults, usually at swim meets, the majority of them, unless they're kind of new, they kind of know what they're doing. They don't really need my help that much. My help comes in, organizing before an event, uh, whether it be putting relays together. Um, I'm very often meet director of anything we host along with Anna Lee. So that, that's my primary duties. I have some coaches that work with me that uh, compliment me very well. Daphne Elliott being uh, my top assistant. And she is a very enthusiastic woman and uh, does a great job, uh, particularly with uh, newer swimmers and, you know, taking away some of their anxiety and that kind of thing. So that's kind of how we mesh. If I answered yeah. your question. That's a, okay. that's a great answer. I it's in the cycling world. It's often hard to break into cycling because there's a lot to learn and there's sort of a level, like if you're not there, then people don't really want you. And my uh, experience and understanding about master swimming is that that's not the case at all, that right. you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You're welcome. Or we're going to get you, we're going to get you 
to the point that you need to be to, mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, so, so has, was that important to you when you were get, just getting started or, you know, as a swim coach or, or is that just the master swimming ethos? I think, uh, I think some of both. One of the things that's great for us is when we can get a uh, kind of a new swimmer that is not a great swimmer, doesn't really have a swimming background to get them to step up and go in a meet, you know, and I always tell them, I say, Hey, you know, nobody really cares. You'll find that out out when you get to the meet that nobody really cares about what you look like or anything. And I promise you that at the end of the day, you'll be thanking me because you will have had a great time. And um, I think probably all teams are this way, but our team is so supportive of everybody. And uh, so it makes it a great experience. And then, then you have them forever. You're all good. So. Yeah. So yeah, Rick, who, who in your career has been especially um, like a mentor or someone that you've admired or emulated, or that's really helped you or inspired you? You know, um, I knew you were going to ask me that question (laughs) and I don't have any one particular person. But I can say that uh, the people on my team really inspire me because we have so many great people um, that were so successful in life. I mean, we're our team primarily, we, we do have younger swimmers, but primarily we're an older group. Sarasota is a retirement area, as you know, and uh, a lot of people have moved here because of our pool and our program. Wow. You know, we, you swim every morning with a guy that's a cardiac surgeon. It, it's kind of cool. And uh, he's just a regular guy. But uh, so my, my teammates really inspire me. They say nice things to me that makes me feel really good. And I'm just, I'm really grateful to, uh, to have the opportunity to be with them. That's really cool. Is that true for uh, all master swimming? I'll, I'll embrace uh, you in this question, Kelly. Are, are there a lot of really amazing people from a professional standpoint in master swimming more maybe than other sports? Well, don't you think, I mean, Rick and I are biased, but I think master swimming, (laughs) I'm saying, yeah, I think, I think master swimming has amazing, amazing people. I found that with every team and just to, you know, echo what Rick says, when I went through breast cancer, my surgery and recovery post, you know, recovery was over in Sarasota because the surgeon, the best surgeon in Florida was right down the road from Sarasota at the Moffitt center. Um, so we got a rental house for, you know, three months and did the surgery. And then I recovered and, and swam with Rick swam for the sharks. In fact, Rick and I were on a world record setting relay together. Um, and the entire team just embraced me. And I remember after I had my breast had healed enough that, that we were in the locker room with like, 10 or 12 other women sharks. And I would swear half of them dropped their top. Oh, here's my scar. Here's my scar. Here's my scar. You know, just yeah. like the most genuine, loving, you know, telling me the stories that they had overcome, you know, but it, it is, it's, um, I, I think the sharks has a, a special um, feeling because it's, uh, the facility is amazing. Rick is incredibly welcoming. They have the three levels. The 5.30 a.m. group is a certain, you know, the fastest intervals. The 7 a.m. is, you know, second fastest intervals. The 8.30 is a little, you know, a little bit more laid back. And so there's just, you know, there's just just this amazing wide range of people there. And, but I I think 
you know, it's, it's kind of the model of master swimming. I think of Sarasota and, you know, I'm on a very young, brand new startup team here in Melbourne. And, um, you know, we have one, one hour workout for 78 people. So, uh, we're, we're experiencing that growth phase. Uh, so yeah, Rick, would you echo those sentiments? I would, I think, you know, like, yes, I am biased, but I think swimmers just all in all are, um, really good, nice people. (laughs) <laughs> Every now and then you get an outlier that you have to deal with, <laughs> but uh, I try to uh, stay away from those folks. I like to promote a no drama situation. We don't talk politics at the pool. I mean, if they do, I'm not hearing them, but they're not doing it when they're in the water because we all know that's not going to end well. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think people enjoy coming there and uh, spending their time with their friends. And uh, it's, it's just, it's been great. So I was retired for a couple of years and I didn't realize how much I missed it till uh, my predecessor uh, relocated. And I told uh, coach Brent, I'd come back until we found somebody else. And I came back and it wasn't long before I, I, uh, I said, Hey, I'll just take it. I'll just take it back. And, and that's a good move. I mean, it's, you know, I spend four or five hours there a day and certainly some time at home. It, that's, it's kind of who I am. So uh, my plan is to keep the team till I'm 75. And then I think it's time for somebody else. And I'm going to uh, make sure I've already got some ideas for my predecessor but or predecessors. But uh, I'm going to make sure we get the right people in there and keep the thing rolling. So. It'd be interesting yeah. to, to see what you do with your 20 years after that, because you're bound to live to be at least 95. Yeah. My, dad, yeah. you know, my dad, my dad's old and you know, run, running around. You got to, you do have to fill your time. Rick, I have a question just about mm-hmm. your daily routines. I'm, I can see the bike behind you there. Yeah, uh, You're clearly a success in what you've chosen to be a success at. Uh, t- tell us about routines or rituals that allow for that. Well, I am uh, probably one of the most routine people you'll ever meet. (laughs) You know, you pick a time, I can pretty much tell you what I'll be doing. But uh, (laughs) I love it. If you want my routine, it's uh, it begins. I get up at three fifteen, so that means I go to bed. You know, no later than nine o'clock. I'm going to be in the bed, and I love going to bed after a long day. It feels good. Mm. So three fifteen, I get up, I eat oatmeal. Then I do a little uh, ab routine, takes me 15 minutes or something, throw my clothes on, head to the pool. By the time, uh, by the time I get to the pool, it's approaching 4.30. Uh, my first group of swimmers is going to be in the water, including myself, at 5.30. Uh, so at that point, um, I, r- I have three workout boards, uh, uh, dry erase. So I write those. Uh, take them down on the deck. And then that usually allows me 15 to 20 minutes I have. And in that time, I write the next day's workout. And I do that because some people say, well, why do you get up so early? I go, well, I would prefer that when I'm done and I walk out of the facility that I'm done. I don't have to worry about writing workouts when I get home. I've already done that. One of my uh, coach colleagues that comes in at 530 and is on deck to um, coach the workout so I can swim. Then uh, get up, get a quick shower, and I'm back on deck to take the next two groups, the seven and the 830 groups. So 
then my day is done. I come home, do whatever I want to do. And that's pretty much what I do Monday through Friday. Well, what do you want to do between whatever it is, 9.30 or 10 a.m. and 9 p.m.? Well, I have to spend some time on my on my computer. Obviously, I get a lot of inquiries, that kind of thing. And it, it depends on if we got a meet coming up, I'm working on that or whatever. But uh, other than that, I'm just generally chilling out, you know, hacking around on the computer like everybody does. And, and within the last six months, I've started uh, taking a nap, <laughs> which is kind of great. And, you know, depending on if I can actually go to sleep, I that'll last a little while and then um, hang out a little more and then make some dinner and, you know, watch a show maybe and then go to bed. So that, yeah, that, that sounds like a, a great routine. I love can I, can I just early. follow yeah. up on nutrition? Yeah. Do you have a particular nutrition plan? Cause you seem vibrantly healthy. Well, I am pretty healthy. I, I feel like I eat well. I'm what uh, I heard this the other day. I am a flexitarian. <laughs> oh, I love it. Which means uh, my girlfriend's vegan. So I eat a lot of plant-based. I'm really learning to embrace it. And, uh, but I love a good burger every now and then. I love fish. Uh, I like chicken. So I'm not bound by anything. When I'm with her, we're eating plant-based. But um, I get a, I do the HelloFresh thing and I get hmm. three meals uh, a week delivered. Um, I recommend it highly because uh, you get to choose and I'll usually choose uh, three plant-based meals so that she and I can share. And the food is great. And uh, I hope they're listening. Maybe they'll. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, so yeah. And I told you I eat oatmeal every day, uh, usually for lunch. Um, if I'm real lazy or something, I'll stop and get a sandwich. Otherwise I'm, I'm probably going to make a salad and uh with a lot of garbanzo beans on it for low protein and that kind of thing. So I think all in all, I eat really good. Unfortunately, I love sweets. And, uh, but I have self-control. So usually if I'm coming up to a big competition, I'll usually shut down the sweets for like 30 days. But if I've got sweets around and oftentimes uh, some of my swimmers bring me cookies and that kind of thing, if I've got it around the house, it's going to be gone. So I have to be careful with that. What is the definition of sweets for you? We've, we learned in our last podcast that Kurt Dixon loves M&Ms. Well, so. I love it. I love M&Ms too, but they're not on my <laughs> list. It's mainly, uh, mainly I love ice cream. Have you tried Talenti? Do you like ice cream? I love Talenti. I oh love Talenti. <laughs> it's better than you'll get in any of these ice cream stores. You Absolutely. Go in. It's yeah, fabulous. So that's our, that's our go-to. And, uh, wow. and when, um, when some of my ladies are making me cookies, I've got some really good cookie makers on the team. I'll put those <laughs> in the freezer and those are hard to stay out of. So cookies and ice cream, probably my top end, but uh, I'll eat most, I love, I'll eat most anything sweet. I've been reading a lot about protein as you age. Do you worry about getting enough protein as you age? I don't worry about it. I, I do uh, some powdered like uh, peanut butter. And uh, I mentioned I, I eat a lot of beans. So a lot of garbs, black beans, that kind of thing. I eat um, eat a lot of pecans with my salad too. Do the typical drink after I work out, a little more protein. Uh, so I, th I think I'm getting a lot, enough protein. I'm not, uh, I think it would kind of be showing if I was not. Yeah, yeah. 
So Rick, you've obviously been around a ton of champions and being a champion yourself. What are some commonalities that you think champions share? They all work very hard in the pool. They're not there to mess around. That's pretty much it. And they're, they're, you know, they're going to show up. I mean, I said long ago that I did some interview. It's either the Wall Street Journal or New York Times. I can't remember, but this guy called me and he says, well, what's your, what's your uh, best advice? I said, just show up. And that is my best advice. Then I had some doctor dude. He goes, I can't believe you got in the Wall Street Journal before I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. So Diane Ustall, so she's seventy-five years old. She lives here. She works out. She's there most most every day. It's rare she's not there, and she works hard in the pool. And you'd think a seventy-five-year-old she'd barely move, and not not Diane. I mean, she set what six national records at nationals. And uh, yeah, she's blessed with a lot of talent and she's blessed with good genes. Um, I know she eats well, does all the right things, but she works hard in addition. I mean, it's not all just talent. So that's kind of my my key. Get in there, work hard. And and I try to work my swimmers, I think, fairly hard. My uh, kind of my workouts have you know, like I think everybody have evolved over the years and um, we kind of go pretty darn hard for an hour. And then we have more time at that point, we might kick and then we might either sprint or swim some easy fifties with breath control, that kind of thing. But we're going to go pretty hard, probably about 3,500 right out of the gate. We do uh, typically, I'm speaking of our goal group here and our black group, which is our middle group is pretty similar, just little slower intervals, but 1400 warm up and it's different distances. We do everything together. There's no rogue swimming going on. Kelly knows if she's been to my workouts, I'm, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. So we all swim together, warm up 1400. Then our main set is usually anywhere from 18 to 24. And it'll be a mixture of, I found at this point that not people don't really want to go too far over 200s anymore. So it'll be from, we'll do some maybe 200s, 150s, whatever. And then we'll do some speed. We'll mix some speed in, with the, in that main set, uh, some hard 50s, some hard 25s, whatever. And uh, I try to uh, implement a couple of recovery 50s like within the set, which I think particularly as, as swimmers age a little bit, they really appreciate that. They don't want to you know, they don't want to go a 2000 yard set, just nonstop, boom, 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 boom. It's really a treat kind of getting those couple easy fifties to regenerate. Okay. And now let's go to round two here and get after it again. So that's kind of what we're doing now. I kind of picked that up from coach Greg Troy. I went to one of his workouts and Caleb and Lochte were swimming. It was really cool, but I kind of noticed that's kind of how he did things. And uh, so I picked that up and Greg's a good friend of mine. So Anyway, it's working. Yes, it's definitely working. Uh, You know, we see people that come out of your program or come into your program for the first time. And then all of a sudden, you never heard of this person and they're winning a national title or swimming so much faster. So uh, it's definitely working. So, you know, that I, I, I still am curious about that period of 15 years, Rick, where you started Masters in 1985 
and then you, you know, you were trying to beat Deb kind of getting faster, trying to beat her, but you just, you, can you give advice in that period where you went from just joining masters, taking a 17 year break to really breaking onto the scene as this, this master's champion, what advice would you give to someone who's kind of struggling? They want to get better. They want to go to the meets and make top 10 even, or top 20, um, other than just showing up, what might you tell them? Yeah, well, that is the most important thing. Yep. Uh, showing up, being consistent. I mean, three-day-a-week swimmers, if they're really talented, can do all those things. But uh, for some other people that are kind of grinders, you know, show up five, six days a week. I think it just for myself, it kind of took off when uh, that the coach started you know, the shark tank was not even built yet when I moved over to, uh, I went to a meet and I didn't do very well because at that time I was swimming at noon. So I'd go into work early. I'd leave work at like 1130. I'd go swim a lot of times by myself. Then I'd come back and finish my work day. Well, I went to a meet and I really didn't do well. I said, okay, you got to start going on those 5 a.m. workouts. So I started going and we had some younger coaches and I think they would just give us sets of, you know, like, by 400 so they could kind of sit in the chair and kind of catnap, you know? So, well, that worked for me. So that's when I discovered that I was pretty good uh, at distance. And, and then I, I remember one time I was in a bar or something and <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember watching Brooke Bennett swimming in the Olympics and they had one of those cameras in the pool and you could just see her that high elbow. You could just see it. And I go, that's what I got to do. And I really focused in on that. I think my swimming kind of took off. And the only other thing I can think of too, is all that time as a freestyler, I was a left breather. And I had a little skin thing where I had, it forced me to go turn to a right breather. And I, that, and I ended up switching to a right breather. And I I don't know if there's a correlation there, but I think that's kind of when my swimming got better. Wow. Wow. So technique that is, and, and all that is in, in the technique. So I was wondering if you're going to mention technique. So I personally, I think that's a huge, you know, the, the early vertical forearm and that underwater catch is huge. All right. So we're getting too far into the weeds for the non, the non heavy (laughs) swimmers, but um, before we close, Rick, uh, we're going to do a sprinter round, a fun sprinter round. Is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like to share with us? Yes, I would like to uh, hopefully impart a little knowledge here to um, some master's programs that struggle to coexist with a large age group club. Oh, awesome. Because I know that goes on a lot. I've talked to a lot of people, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. So I've been down there at the Shark Tank for 20 years, been through several head coaches, and you have to figure out that The kids team is up here. Everything's going to be about them. Masters team is down here. You're going to kind of get what's left over. You know this, Kelly. And uh, (laughs) you have to consign yourself to that and work around it as best you can. And if you start being a pain in the ass to those people, those age group coaches, which uh, essentially are your boss, you're going to get nothing. So you have to figure out how to make it work and what we have found, what our goal was at the Sharks was to all be one. We're not the master Sharks. They're not the kids. We're all Sharks, okay? 
So when we fundraise, we do it all together, that kind of thing. We have made ourselves valuable to the Sharks overall by what we provide and not only our monthly dues, there's, we have uh, about 160 swimming there actively at the Shark Tank, but also when we do a fundraiser, my people do very well. We've, uh, you know, this is a relatively uh, high-end area and my people step up because they're getting something out of that money they're given. They're getting that time in the pool. And so that's my advice. Um, if you're going to be a master's coach, you got to learn to work with those USA swimming coaches and, and know your place, so to speak. That's my advice. I think that's great advice. And that's part of, you know, our, our new program. Yeah. Well, just knowing too, that the kids programs, you know, really dom you know, they dominate most well, things. So that's, that's great. Great. Without them, you're not there. So yeah. Yeah. It's, They're not going to build advice. a pool for the masters. Right. Right. Not yet. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So we do have a fun sprint around you. You can right. still sprint, even though you, you're, your number ones are usually in distance. I have seen you sprint Rick. So just, these are one word answers. Okay. Uh, right off the top of your head. So cat or dog dog red or blue blue by far <laughs> milk chocolate or dark chocolate dark kickboard or no kickboard kickboard mountains or beach both football or baseball football i like baseball I, a lot though. yeah <laughs> iphone or android iphone coffee or tea coffee morning person or night owl definitely morning person <laughs> yep Tattoo or no tattoo? I thought tattoos were going to go away. You know? <laughs> it's not happening. No, no. All right. Maria's got a few for you. I was just talking about that with my husband last night. Yeah. What this tattoos thing is not going away. Uh, okay. Yeah. These are short answers. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite pizza topping? Cheese. F favorite vegetable? Green beans. Favorite swim complex in the U.S.? Uh, that's a tough one. The Shark Tank. How's that? <laughs> I love it. Uh, you're, well, you're, what kind of music do you like? Uh, pretty much classic rock type stuff. What's your, what's your shoe size? Nine and a half. Uh, any siblings? One brother. Favorite Star Wars character? Don't do Star Wars like your last guest. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I listened. Uh, okay. Can you cook? Yes. What word comes to mind most when you dive in the water? Uh, either how cold or how warm the water is. <laughs> uh, and Kelly will attest when we jumped in that pool in San Antonio. Holy moly. Oh, my gosh. It was oh my freezing. God. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was yeah. definitely, there was nothing else that could go through your mind, but wow, that is cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Rick, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you just a little better. Uh, you're, you're, you've been an inspiration to me, no doubt through uh, just watching your career and your help that you've given me. So I'm so excited for our listeners you. to hear your, your, your take on things too, Rick. Well, Thanks thank so you, much. Ladies. Thank you. All right. Pleasure.
It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. So, Maria... Rick Walker of the Sarasota Sharks Masters, the founder, the, you know, national champion, world record holder, coach, you know, the Kerry O'Brien coach award, just, you know, the guy has done it all. Really, he's he's master's royalty and such wisdom, such poise, such uh, really sage, sage humility advice. So so interesting because I remember when you were swimming for him during just prior to your breast surgery and then, you know, afterwards and how inspired you were by that. And so I was really excited to talk to him today and he did not disappoint. Yes. So what was your first, uh, takeaway? Well, I, 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 maybe because my life has not got this in it. I love that, that he loves routine. I asked him what, you know, what routines and rituals made up his, his life and maybe lives of other champions. And he said routine. And I wrote down in my notes in all capitals, because he said, I, I, my life is a routine. And then he described <laughs> it, you know, like I, I eat this, I do that. I get it. Well, he gets up at three 15 in the morning, every single morning. And then he goes to bed early as well. But um, so I, I, it's hard, you know, the takeaway for me is that even if you you are in a time of your life where it seems like it's hard to have a routine. You can create some kinds of routines. For instance, I am right now out of town, but I have, I brought my bike so I could ride. I've got, you know, my, my champions mojo stuff so that I can record. I brought my same computer so I can work. So I'm creating, I'm trying to create, keep my routine going. And he, you know, he, that was his thing. You know, I do, I get up at three fifteen. I have my oatmeal, you know, and he even, you know, have, has routines around his, his foods and stuff like that. And I think routine keeps us sane. It keeps us happy, not happy, but it, it helps us to know what's coming up. And I think it, it, it brings a level of peace and security to your life to have a routine. So I love that as a takeaway. How about you, Kel? Yes. And Maria, that you nailed it because, you know, so many people in society today suffer from anxiety. The number one reason for anxiety is the unknown. Yeah. So when you're just floating free and you're not really, you don't really have a plan or a routine, you're, you're just susceptible to more of, you know, so it's, it's controlling your environment, but I loved it when he said, uh, he said, ask me what time of day it is. And I can tell you what I'm doing. So, <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. But it, yeah. So routine and, and we kind of said this goes hand in hand, but really the theme of this was my first takeaway. And the theme of the show for me was consistency, right. show up, you know, when, when Rick was interviewed by the wall street journal, he said that that was it showing up, you know? Uh, so sometimes we just think it hasn't happened yet. We're, we're impatient with what progress we're making. And you know, me, I love to pull out of things before they've reached their fruition. And the things that I haven't pulled out of where I wanted to quit earlier, I'm so glad that I stayed in. And those are my biggest successes in life is are things that I've stayed in. I've quit a lot of stuff and we, that's another show for, you know, winners <laughs> quit and quitters win, but that showing up, showing up, showing up is, is, you know, kind of the, 
Rick's advice for the key to success. Yeah, I, I really love that. And I would just say about you, Kelly, that this is an area that we've, you know, you've really grown in because you, you haven't quit anything that I can think of in a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but you're right. Winners do quit sometimes. So we'll, and as you say, that is another, sh- uh, another episode, but showing up, what is, I, you know, when I said that I was thinking, what does that mean? And th- that means, you know, just, just showing up, you know, you talked about the, the, what is it? The treadmill or whatever, when you go to to swim practice. It's the conveyor belt. The conveyor belt. That's it. So it's just getting yourself up at 4.30 or whatever it is. That's that's showing up. And then getting yourself in the car to get there, that's showing up. You don't have to think about the whole thing. I think sometimes, and I, that's why I like the term showing up because it sounds easy, but showing up means just doing it every day. You know, for him, five days a week in the pool and one day in, in open water, showing up doing it every day. And I think we can apply that to almost everything for me, you know, for my writing my book, for my spiritual life, I just got to show up there. I just got to, you know, open my, you know, open my Bible or whatever. I just got to just, or, or sit down on the couch in my space and just show up. And then, and then the thing will unfold. Um, so I, I love the term show up because it makes, and then, and then it's, it's all those showings up over 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is that you can look back and say, yeah, that's what I, that's how I got there because I showed up and that's Kelly. You've certainly shown up. Well, yeah, I thank you. And I've shown up on the things that I, that really looking back, it's, it's been, those have been uh, my successful things. So, so my second thing is uh, I loved when he said, we work hard at the shark tank because ready people like to work hard. And I <laughs> so, so I so believe that. And especially people who have put it, they've put the alarm clock on, they've, they've put on they've, their they've showed up. They've driven to the pool. They've gotten in the water. They didn't come there to just walk out without having raised their endorphins, without having gotten tired, without having stretched their muscles. And I have noticed that when I'm in a swim practice that has a really grueling, hard set. People are way in a better mood when they leave. They're high-fiving, they're smiling, they're laughing. They are just raised up. And I love that Rick recognized recognizes that people like to work hard. And I would even say, especially people who have gone to the trouble to show up at the pool. So that's my takeaway that, that it, we sometimes think as coaches, and I'm a coach, you know, I'm a a certified master's coach that maybe, oh, these people are tired or maybe they're new, or maybe they aren't in the mood to work hard today. But I really believe like Rick believes. And I love to hear him say people like to work hard. I think especially masters because we do it by choice. Nobody's making us do it. No, no parent or whatever. If we're going to show up at the pool, we want to, we want to work hard. I think that's really true. It's true for me. Yes, the reason, you know, and I, I'm not going to waste my time, uh, you know, on my bike or whatever and not put in a decent workout. And like you say, it's the reason I do it is because I, I, I know so well that good feeling. I can barely make it through the day without having had that endorphin rush that I get from my daily workout, whatever it is. So yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that work. Working hard is people do like to work hard. Um, then the last one for me was, uh, I, he, you know, we asked him if there was anything else. And he said, basically that 
you know, when you're in a master sports, particularly, I think you got to just get along with pool. And I've, I've come to this conclusion myself as I'm starting to get into master swimming and trying to find a pool and pool water, especially is it's, it's not that common. So you got to, if you want to work out as a swimmer, you got to, you know, find a good pool and you got to, you know, you got to be flexible to, to fit into the schedule of the pool or the master's program. And, and, but he said all that to just to say, look, we got to get along, especially with age group swimmers, we got to get along. And, and I think that applies to almost anything in life. It's like, if, if you're trying to do something, it, it's so much better to get along with people to, to, to do what the story he said was, you know, his master swimmers fundraise for all the swimmers themselves and the other swimmers. And I mean, that's a huge gift instead of thinking themselves as something, you know, special or different, they fundraise for everybody. And because they do that, they're thought of as part of the whole uh, Sarasota swim uh, sharks team. So I I love the concept of getting along um, when you can, sometimes you have to stand and fight, but um, you know, being considering yourself as part of, of something else and, and not, not going in with your fist, fist raised first. Yes, absolutely. So those were just a couple of our takeaways. Of course, we always encourage you to listen to the entire show. It was, uh, yeah, it was very enlightening and and such a pleasure. So thanks for another great one, Maria. Love you. Love you too, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Rick Walker. I think swimmers all in all are really nice people. I like to promote a no drama situation. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.